0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, the coaching changes a lot of BYU fans wanted apparently were on the table, but Kalani Sitake declined to take them. We'll talk about that ahead on today's show.
1: You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU
0: Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every
1: day.
0: What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's dive right in on today's show and talk about Elisa Tuiaki. A lot of you out there, trust me, my Twitter feed over the last three weeks has been probably 50% in terms of the post-game reaction. Hashtag fire Tuiaki. Hashtag make a change Kalani. All that stuff. Many of you out there want to see Kalani Sitake take action for the paltry and downright awful output of this BYU defense. And I completely understand the frustration level because this was a defense at one time that held down. On the Baylor Bears. Now, maybe Baylor's not necessarily as good as we thought they were going to be coming into this season, but that defensive output they put on against the Baylor Bears has not been seen before or since, it feels like, this season, and frankly, this most recent uh, performance against Liberty might have been the worst of the bunch. So, right now, there's a lot of things going against this BYU defense, but Jay Drew from the Salt uh, not the Solid like Tribune anymore, Deseret News, wow, that's a throwback, uh, Jay Drew of the Deseret News reported yesterday that according to multiple sources, Elisa Two. Tuiaki offered to resign his position as defensive coordinator to Kalani Sitake in the aftermath of the Arkansas game. Uh, Obviously Kalani Sitake declined to accept that And I think a lot of you out there probably went What in the world Kalani That's your opportunity to move on from a guy And hopefully find your next defensive coordinator Let me insert here After I I read that I reached out to some folks And see if I could uh, get some clarification on this And the the word I got back Was it was more of a A a, a statement to Kalani Sitake Say hey if you feel like you need to make a move I will resign so you're not forced to, To fire me rather than Kalani Satake having Eliza march into his room with a resignation letter slapping on his table and says, I'm out. I-, I can't do this anymore. It was more of a, if you feel like you need to make the move, I will gladly step aside so you don't have to go through the the the, the pomp and circumstance of d- outright firing me. And uh, obviously, with Elisa still remaining on staff, Kalani saying that he is going to remain as the play caller on defense. For all intents and purposes, folks, Kalani Satake is now pulling a Bronco Mendenhall where he's both head coach and defensive coordinator. Coordinator. I said this in my postcast edition of the show. Some of you caught on to it. Some of you have not. The other moves along the defensive side of the football in terms of coaching for BYU right now include Elisa Tuiaki. He is now the full-time defensive line coach. He will still hold the defensive coordinator title, and he may signal in plays, but it is Kalani Satake who is coordinating this defense, putting together game plans, the play sheet, all that stuff. This is Kalani's defense is what he's going to be calling. Other changes include Preston Hadley being moved off defensive ends in the hybrids positions that he was coaching, he is now back coaching safeties for BYU in the defensive backfield. Ed Lamb, who was coaching safeties, is now essentially relegated to being the full-time special teams coordinator and assistant head coach. He does not have a position group that he is coaching on a day-to-day basis, unless you count the kickers and the punters, who really, they don't do much in terms of uh, have position specific meetings. They're just working out, stretching, getting their kicks in, making sure that they're ready to go. And I'm sure some of you are probably saying, well, they haven't kicked the ball, especially well, both place kicking and punting this year. And there's no doubt about that. But Ed Lamb, is no longer coaching a position. Kevin Coon remains as the linebackers coach. Gennaro Guilford remains in place as the cornerbacks coach. That's 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 the sh- the roster shuffle, if you will, for the coaches right now. But I think that a lot of you out there would have been feeling very vindicated had Kalani Sitake accepted that resignation or felt like, you know what, I do need to make do need to make a move, and I'm going to let you uh, take the fall for this and uh, be be the guy, the fall guy, be, be the guy who steps down to absorb the blame for BYU's defense. And had he done that, he probably gives himself an out in a way going into this Liberty game. This is the interesting part about this is that had Kalani Sitake accepted the resignation of Elisa Tuiaki after Arkansas, he essentially says, I'm going to take over this defense here. We're going to move forward here. He probably elevates let's say a guy like Jan Jorgensen to defensive line coach in the interim and then he moves forward and that actually would have given more 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 of a plausible acceptability for the overall awful play against the Liberty Flames on Saturday. It, crazily enough, that, that's the way I think things would have played out. But now, in a way, Kalani Sitake has painted himself into a corner because he was coordinating that defense against Liberty that gave up 28 first downs, 547 yards, allowed a team to go on a 38-0 run after the first quarter and absolutely blow your doors off. It actually, in some ways, looks worse now that essentially the way it looks for one game is that Kalani Sitake even taking over this defense can't fix any of the the issues so maybe he should have accepted that resignation maybe he shouldn't have and i think he was trying to do his guy a solid him and elisa tuyaki they they they're bffs Uh, i know that sounds like a, a teenage girl type thing but they are as tight as they can be on that staff speaking of kalani and elisa and Kalani, he doesn't want to lose a friend, obviously, in all of this, but I think the writing on is on the wall right now that this coming offseason, changes are afoot. There are going to be multiple coaches, and I'm telling you right now, there will be multiple defensive coaches from BYU's current staff who will not be on the staff next year, and I will eat my eat my hat if I'm wrong about that. I think Eliza Tuyaki is going to be moving on. I, I could see Preston Hadley moving on. I could even see Ed Lamb moving on potentially. I even, who, who knows? Kevin Kloon, Gennaro Guilford, if a new defensive coordinator comes in and says I need carte blanche, I need to be able to pick my guys, the entire defensive staff for BYU could be changed over by this time, not even by this time next year, it could be changed over by the time spring ball begins. That's The writing's on the wall. There are changes coming to BYU. Some of you may say that's not coming fast enough, and I, I understand why you would be thinking that, but I think that it's very, very clear at this point that changes will be coming, and they probably could have happened already, and in some ways, maybe they should have happened Already, that would have given I think BYU fans a little more of a I don't know a sympathetic ear for the overall struggles against Liberty had one of the, had the defensive coordinator been gone. I think that actually it would have been more acceptable. Well, they're still going through the change. they're trying to get things figured out. Having the same guy still on staff though doesn't give Kalani Sitake that out that he maybe would have liked, I guess, in in hindsight maybe, and maybe he doesn't have the hindsight uh, factor in, in play in this, but if he wanted a quote-unquote out with regards to that Liberty performance from the BYU defense, having a guy, having his defensive coordinator, having stepped down, would have given that out. He decided to not accept that resignation, kept Elisa Tuiaki on staff, moved him to being defensive line coach, call it a demotion if you want, because that's what You it is. It, it doesn't have to be uh, formalized. He's now the defensive line coach. He's no longer the defensive coordinator despite holding that title, but the writing's on the wall. Changes are afoot for BYU football, and frankly, seven years, that's a long time in this day and age of college football, and they won a fair amount of games on that defensive side of the football. Let's not forget the last two years, BYU was 21-4 in 2020 and 2021, and that was in spite of some pretty paltry and conservative defense in that time but they won a lot of football games this year it, it, The I guess the Hens have come home to roost uh, and that the 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 problems that maybe were already there and maybe being, were being masked by uh, the level of competition BYU's playing at the time maybe in the 2020 season and the overall just stellar nature of BYU's offense last year led by Tyler Algier maybe that covered up some of the woes that BYU's defense already had and this year they're just being exacerbated because the offense it's not been near efficient enough this year and we're going to talk about some of the injuries that may be affecting BYU going into ECU here in just a moment that, that that that's another concern for BYU right now. There's not a lot going right right now in Provo and that's the unfortunate part. Think about this just a, just three weeks ago just over three weeks ago, almost a month ago. This was a nationally ranked squad inside the top 20. And now we're talking about a team that uh, if they don't win this week, are we going to concern that they finish five and seven and miss a bowl game? That's that could be in play. That that's crazy just insane to consider but that's where things stand. Let's talk about those injuries. Christopher Brooks, Cody Epps among guys who will not be playing this Friday. How does that impact BYU's offense? We'll get to that here in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can help. It can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helping you find the right people for your team faster, and the best part is they're doing it for free. They feature a uh, simple tools like screening questions which make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire and the best part is they can help you finish the year strong we're in Q4 a lot of you trying to finish up your year with a strong finish to the, to the with the holiday season upcoming that's where our friends at LinkedIn can come in and help you guys out. That's why small businesses are rating LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash college to post that job for free once again. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March.
0: Thank you once again for joining us here on Locked On. Cougars want to encourage you guys to make sure your second listen today is our friends over the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter for the, to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. That's the Locked On Sports Today podcast available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you guys get your podcasts. It's a fantastic thing. Think of it this way. If you are a big sports fan out there who wants to get caught up on the biggest news from the night in sports, Locked On Sports Today. It's like running down ESPN or ESPN.com or CBS Sports.com, reading all those headlines. That's what Locked On Sports today is. It's just an audio-video format, and it'll get you caught up. Peter Bukowski is absolutely phenomenal at what he does. All right, we learned yesterday, uh, Aaron Roderick, BYU offensive coordinator, speaking to us in the media uh, right out the gate. And he said that the question was asked about Christopher Brooks and Cody Epps' injury status for this Friday. And he did not hesitate, saying they are both out today. When asked about the severity of their injuries, uh, Coach Roderick said, that Christopher Brooks is more of a short-term deal. Maybe he's back in a week or so. That's kind of the way I interpreted. it. He'll miss this week, but maybe he could be back for Boise State. But he said Cody Epps we're not so certain about. And that, that screams to me that Cody Epps has got an injury that's going to keep him out multiple weeks. And at this point, with four games remaining on the schedule, just over five weeks in terms of the overall season remaining, does that mean he's out for the entirety of the regular season and potentially bowl season? That, that, that's very much in play at this point. An injury that costs you two or three weeks at this point of the year for all intents and purposes, should be a season-ending injury. And th- that's really, really hard to to swallow, especially considering that injury for Cody Epps. It looked like it was a shoulder deal for him or an upper body, like kind of arm injury based on what I saw, uh, both watching it live and on my film review. He goes off the field and it was like in the final three minutes of the game. And, when pressed upon, okay, what, why exactly were the starters still in this game? Aaron Roderick said that I would have done it again. I would keep the guys out there. Cause we were trying to just get things right. We're trying to score points. We're trying to get this offense untracked. It's not been working. It wasn't working in that game. After the first quarter, BYU mustered only 142 total yards across three quarters. That's just absolutely pathetic output on offense. And they were trying to get things going. So it's, it's a, like a double whammy in a way, because you're going to be under fire. Obviously, for not having played Jacob Conover, and that was another question that he that he answered. He said that it, at no point this year so far have they felt like they've been in control of a game, or I guess been out of a game bad enough that they've had an opportunity to insert Jacob Conover into the lineup. So for those of you asking why is Jacob Conover get not getting time, and trust me, I had my questions about it because that Liberty game, it was over. You you that fourth quarter, you could have given some time to Jacob Conover. I I I can respect. Aaron Roderick standing up for his decision to keep his starters in the game. But it's a a really bad look that maybe you don't trust your backup quarterback, A. B, you lost maybe your your future star wide receiver to an injury that probably could have been avoided had you decided, you know what, we're waving the white flag. We're going to let some of the twos here get a look. And I know that Cody Epps is is considered to be a second-string player. He's been listed as a co-starter this week alongside Gunnar Romney. But uh, frankly, I don't expect either of those two guys to play. Gunnar Romney, we don't know what his injury status and health status is going to be. It's, it's kind of been, I'm a game-time decision here, I'm a game-time decision there. He played the two games against Arkansas and Notre Dame. Uh, excuse me, no, he, didn't play, he didn't play against Arkansas. He got re-injured uh, against Notre Dame, and then he's been out since then. So losing Cody Epps, losing Gunnar Romney, that's a blow on the offensive side of the football. The good news is the wide receiver position is built to absorb, I think, both of those losses and continue to carry on. When you have Puka Nakua out there, he's as good as they come. This is a guy who is a bonafide star. I I, I cannot say enough good things about what Puka Nakua is, who he is as a player, all that stuff. He is an absolute stud. Chase Roberts getting back to game speed is obviously a big deal. Keanu Hill has been very very solid. Brayden has kind of been the forgotten guy here in this wide receiver rotation for BYU, and I've heard good things in practice about guys like Terrence Fall, the 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 Frenchman, the French international who came to the United States to play football. He's actually had his moments. He had a really big catch against USF, and we've seen no sign of him ever since then. Maybe this week is the week that he gets a chance to go out there and show what he can do. The tight end position, Isaac Rex continues to get more and more effective it feels like as it he gets healthier and healthier as the season progresses. We all know that what Mason Wake brings to the table, so The wide receiver position, okay, if you absorb the loss of Cody Epps, and at this point, I'm going to say this. Until I hear otherwise, I'm going to consider Cody Epps a season-ending deal. I I, I don't know that for certain, but the way that Aaron Roderick was talking, me reading between the lines, it screams to me that I think Cody Epps is done for this season. And that's unfortunate. For him to get injured late in a game that you're completely out of, blowout fashion, that's disappointing. Because you want, this is a guy who had just an absolute marvelous breakout season. Uh, Frankly, should be in the running for potential freshman All-American honors. I know that he's been in the program for three years, but he's still a redshirt freshman. And he may very well find himself on a freshman All-American roster somewhere. But it's just to lose him in that circumstance... It's a pretty hard, hard look to accept as a BYU fan, and I, I, I completely understand that. Now, on the Christopher Brooks side of things, that leaves now BYU down. Jackson McChesney, who's out for the year, so that's one of your top four backs who's down for the year. Christopher Brooks is out for at least this game. That leaves you, I think, with three options here at running back. I think Lopini Katoa is probably your number one in this game against ECU. Number two is Miles Davis, and then number three is Mason Fakahua. And some of you probably are saying, well, what about Hinkley Rapati? Well, Hinkley Potty got that one carry in the Notre Dame game, fumbled it, and I think the coaching staff said, nope, if you're going to do that at your very first touch as a BYU Cougar is going to be a fumble, you are falling back down the depth chart. So I I think the the running back position, it's going to be... A, 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 a group that's going to have to prove that they can get to pick up the hard yards. That's the one thing Christopher Brooks has brought to the table is the ability when you need one, two or three yards on a third down, a critical third down, he's 235 pounds coming downhill on folks. And it's, it's a lot of muscle and he's very, very good about opening holes. Does that mean a guy like Mason Wake could end up being a short yardage back? Could maybe we finally see a guy like uh, Houston. Hay Muley get a chance to actually play for the BYU offense That I don't know. I know a number of you asked me, well, what's the status of Houston Hay-Muley? He's out there. He's playing special teams. He's been a a glorified cheerleader in many ways, but you would have thought a guy coming in from Stanford, played for a high-level program that's won a lot of games, was a a starting fullback for them. You'd think he could carve out a role for himself, but it just has not come to fruition at BYU, and I'm sure that's somewhat disappointing to him personally. I'm sure it's disappointing to the BYU coaches that he's not able to carve out a role for himself, but... I think the running back position this week, it's going to be a lot of outside zone. I don't necessarily think they're going to be running dive plays with Mason, uh, not, excuse me, not, not Mason, wait. They're not going to be running dive plays with, I think, Miles Davis or Lopini Katoa. Maybe Mason Fakahua could be that guy because he's a little bit bigger of a back. He's six two, two hundred plus 200 plus pounds. A guy who was a former quarterback, funny enough, when he first showed up to BYU, but he's been a running back for three or four years now. So. Uh, it's unfortunate. There's a lot of injuries cropping up for BYU right now. And that I think the other thing about this is the coaching staff, I think they've thrown everybody back into the hopper and said, you got to earn your job. Right now, the way BYU is playing, you heard Clark Barrington on yesterday's show. They're soft. He used the term soft. And I... I Frankly, I was floored when a current BYU player, a team captain, called his own team soft. And I think Clark is, in, is including himself. He didn't, he didn't say, well, every soft except me. He said, we are soft and mentally fragile as a, fo- as a football program right now. The messaging out of practice this week is it's about competition. Connor Pay is not injured, but he's been beaten out at center f- by Joe Tukuafu. Does that mean Connor Pay could regain his job? Sure, because Joe Tukuafu, I'll, I'll be frank, he has not been all that impressive to me personally at center. Could that mean a guy like Harris Lechance, Clark Barrington, Blake Freeland, outright tackle, Kingsley Suomata'ia? could any of those guys along this offensive line lose their job? I absolutely think they could because this is I, I think they're if they're smart, they're telling all these guys, you got to prove it this week. We have got to get back to being the big bad bullies that we have been. We we got so used to being the hunter, and then all of a sudden we decided, well, you know what? We're going to be the hunted now. We're we're the big dogs. They're they're going to have to come chase us down. Soft and mentally fragile uh, components moved into this program, and it's frankly stunning how quickly that took root for the BYU football program. They need to get after it. I, I'm the, the competition this week. I'm not going to be surprised if we see a little bit of a jumbled lineup in terms of maybe some guys at different positions along that offensive line, maybe some wide receivers getting a look that they haven't had previously on the defensive side of the football. You got to throw everything up in the air. You got to, you got to say, OK, if you want to prove it, you got to go out and show us in practice that you're capable of holding up against the run. The fact that Liberty ran for 300 yards, These the, the routinely teams are now going for 500 plus yards on this defense. Who really wants to go out and prove what they can do? I would tell the defensive linemen out there, you guys, if you prove you can hold up against the run better than anybody else out here, you're going to play 60, 70, 80% of the snaps because no more, gone are the days of us rotating defensive linemen. This has got to be, you you narrow in on the 10 to 15 guys you think are going to give you your best opportunity to win football games, and those are your dudes. Everybody else, sorry, thanks for coming, but you haven't proven that you can hold up against defense. That, That that's got to be the message this week for BYU. It's about competition. It's about rooting out that soft and mentally fragile, uh, just pervasive illness virus. Call it what you will. That's invaded this program. They have gotten soft. They have gotten fragile and they, they cannot deal with adversity right now. And man, for a program that's won so many games over the past two years, maybe I was fooled because I thought they would be more than capable of handling what is coming at them. And they've proven that they cannot handle it. And that that's disappointing. I, I, any of you out there, if you disagree, I'd love to hear from you guys. So, th- th- yeah, let us know. YouTube comments, tweet at us, uh, send us messages on Instagram or Facebook. Just reach out. I, I'd love to hear your takes on this. but this, this is a program that's proven that it, when adversity struck, they cowered from it. They did not take it head- on. And they've talked about accountability, being able to adversity revealing character. It, it, it shows you who you really are. Well, who they are really are right now is a soft football program. And that that S word, that soft word, it's as bad as any four-letter word in the football language out there. And trust me, there's a whole lot of four-letter words that fly around the football field. But that one, that makes guys skin bristle, gives them goosebumps. You don't want to hear that. But that's what BYU football is right now. All right, coming up here in just a minute, let's talk about a program that's going to begin their season. I, I know it's an exhibition, but they're playing against themselves. It's the blue and white game tonight at the Marriott Center. Got some notes on the BYU men's basketball program I'll share as we close out today's show, but real quick, word on our friends over at Sweat Block. Any of you out there who've been in an awkward situation, whether it's a first date, uh, I had a brother once upon a time... Uh, <laughs> who ended up uh, just, let's put it this way, put himself in a compromising situation. If you are a sweater like I am, and trust me, my, my, my siblings are the same way. Sweatblock is here to help you guys out. What they want you guys to do is to be able to just feel calm, cool, and collected. And the best part is Sweatblock block is here for that. It gives you that confidence to wear what you want without the embarrassing underarm sweat, no matter what the situation is. It, many of us out there have seen the, uh, the March madness with former uh, Arizona coach, Sean Miller, him sweating through that shirt. Sweatblock probably could have helped him out. The best part is the sweatblock wipes that they feature were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters who literally walked into a burning house and walked out and were still dry on their underarms. It's an incredible thing. So check it out, my friends. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweatblock. Save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon.com. So once again, that's 20% off with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. If you're looking for something to do here on a Wednesday night, I would encourage you guys to join myself. I'm actually going to take my son. We're going to go out to the Marriott Center and watch BYU men's basketball play their blue and white game. Uh, My... my, my my, my man that I call my Colt, my young my young my son, he has been clamoring. He's like, "Hey, can we go to something?" And I said, "Yeah, we can go to this BYU game." So we're we're going to be out there. Love to say hi if you guys see us. We'll be we'll be clamoring around the Marriott Center, rattling around, I guess, if you will. Looking forward to the game tonight. And the biggest thing about this with BYU basketball is it's an intra, intra- squad scrimmage tonight. It's at seven o'clock. It's going to be on BYU TV, if I'm not mistaken. So if you're not able to make it to the Marriott Center if you live out of state, tune into that. It's going to be the first opportunity to look at a completely. Re- revamped BYU men's basketball roster. I don't know how many of you remember, but there are twelve new members on this. Twelve new members of the program on this roster for BYU. It underwent a mass overhaul on this roster for BYU. Sure, there are some holdovers. Uh, Gideon George, obviously, Foose Triore, uh, Tiki Ali. Tiki's back. Uh, you also got Spencer Johnson back on this year's squad. But you're bringing in transfers in Noah Waterman, Jackson Robinson, uh, Rudy Williams, Braden Moore is the signee that's come in with pretty high uh, acclaim as a swingman. The uh, thing about this, and by the way, Trevin Nell going to be out. For the long term, with his shoulder injury, it sounds like he's not going to be back until at least mid-season, at the very, very earliest. So, I think there's a huge mix here of holdover star players. Fus Traore, I think, is an absolute stud. I think is going to have a big year for BYU. But the other thing about this is, I think tonight is the first real opportunity. They had that open scrimmage that they fit, that they put on BYU TV. What was that two weeks ago? They gave you a look at what they're doing with some of the lineups and that type of stuff. But this is a true game-like format. How are things going to look? How are these teams team's going to play, how will guys go when the lights are on inside the Marriott Center and fans are cheering them on. It's going to be interesting to see how certain guys respond and what they're doing. Now, what I'm hearing out of practice for BYU is that Noah Waterman and Jackson Robinson continue to stand out. Uh, Noah Waterman, of course, a six foot ten transfer, a swingman who's got ability to play both inside and outside, can go all the way out to shoot the three, but also very capable of rebounding on the interior. Jackson Robinson, to me, is like the prototypical wing for BYU. 6 foot 7, a very nice stroke shooting the 3, very good on the defensive side of the football. I think those are two guys I'll be keeping an eye on on tonight's game because I really think that they are poised to be starters for BYU. It's crazy to think about. I think that Noah Waterman could actually be the starting big man instead of Atikiali Atiki this year. And I and there, let me explain w- what I'm hearing versus what I believe on this. If Atikiali Atiki is going to continue to be a foul machine, that was one of the things he struggled with early on last season for BYU was picking up a lot of fouls early is that in a way putting Noah Waterman out there and Fus Traore as your starting front court for BYU allows a Tiki Ali Tiki to come in and maybe play against second string big men and not pick up those fouls so early and actually allow him to maybe extend his playing time late into a game uh, it's, it's called platooning uh, is the term that I usually call it it's getting him to wear a position where late in a game when you need him out there to be a defensive stopper he's not stuck on the bench with four fouls or he's fouled out in a game like this uh, all of, all of, I will advocate that I would like to see college basketball expand to having six fouls in a game but that's neither here nor there because that's not happening in the near term it's not happening for this year so I actually think that if, if a Tiki Ali Tiki is gonna be your number two big man and come off the bench for BYU I actually can I, I can see the wisdom in that. Now, tonight, they're going to split up the squad. So you'll probably have Noah Waterman going in and Satiki Aliatiki or Fus Traore going against him. That's going to change the dynamic there. But moving on into the season next week when they have their opener, their exhibition opener against Omaha of Arizona. Don't ask me why Omaha is in... Oh, no, Ottawa. Excuse me, not Omaha. Ottawa of Arizona. That was a mix-up. Omaha! That, that's, the, that's the famous audible call from uh, Peyton Manning. But Ottawa out of Arizona... Don't ask me to explain who they are, where they're from, because I, I frankly don't know and I don't care. But uh, I think this time next week we'll have a clearer idea, and I'm looking forward to being out there in person tonight and uh, keeping a closer eye on things. So like I said, if you're going to be looking for something to do, to, to do tonight... Get out to the Merritt Center. I think it have be a fun time. I know a lot of you maybe have checked out on BYU football, or at least you need a break from the football program and its woes right now. Well, men's basketball, Mark Pope, I can tell you one thing. It's going to be an interesting final season in the West Coast Conference for them, and especially with the mass roster overhaul they underwent this past offseason. There's still a lot of questions to be answered about this squad and how good they actually, or how, how I guess, how bad at the same time potentially they could be, but we got our first glimpse of that tonight in in true I guess quote unquote game fashion with that blue and white game once again seven o'clock at the Marriott Center uh, check it out and love to if you're there tweet at me let me know you'll be there and be happy to meet up and say hello and b- would love to meet some of you out there all right that is going to do it for today's edition of the podcast a big thank you as always for your support uh, it's so much fun to sit here and do this podcast uh, I, I absolutely love talking all things BYU and I hope you guys continue to enjoy the product as well. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review the show wherever you're watching or and or listening to it, whether it's on YouTube, hit that enable notifications button so when we drop an episode, it tells you it's there for you. You can go and devour it right away. And also just in the regular podcast sphere, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, you guys know the drill. Subscribe, rate, review, leave those five-star rev- uh, ratings on Apple Podcasts. It helps us so much when you guys drop those. So need to get back to encouraging you guys to do that because uh, we've seen things stagnate a little bit with regards uh, to some of our, our staying in the in the what do they call them the the rankings the the top shows in Apple Podcasts, you guys leaving those five star ratings and reviews, a comment or two of which you like about the show and or don't like about the show any of it. It really helps us out. So thank you in advance for doing that. And thank you once again for making us your second listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys now to make your second listen, our friends over the Locked On Big 12 podcast. It's a fantastic product, making sure you're up to speed on everything going on in the Big 12 conference. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube, just like this show. That'll do it for us. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.